welcome back to Album Club 500, the show where we review the Rolling Stone magazine's top 500 albums of all time. I am the mayor of Guitar Town, Jacob Schatz. And I'm Michael Jordan. Just kidding, I'm 27. A.K.A. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan was 23, you fool. Ah, you absolute ape! Darn. Well, no matter. <laughs> um, today we're reviewing Guitar Town by Steve Earle and Voodoo by D'Angelo. Another uh, artist that inspired the name of a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure character, Angelo, from Part 4. That, just check that one off the I'm list. I'm gonna Good mention job. it every time. I know it. I know you will. So, we're starting out with Guitar Town, are we? Quick check. Do we have anything that's connecting these two? Ah, uh, heck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I... The, these are two wildly, wildly different albums. There's gotta be something, right? Um, hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm looking through. Oh, oh, oh! I've got oh it. My okay. God. Both of these albums have songs that are dedicated to the artist's son. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's really sweet, and they're both near the end. Little Rock and Roller on Guitar Town, and the very last track on Voodoo Africa is dedicated to D'Angelo's son. Nice. That's awesome. Whew, saved us there. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think I would have got there after, like, the review. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this, it... We would have figured that out, but thank goodness. Ooh. All right. Yeah, I was Now worried. we can start the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll count us off. <laughs> Guitar Town by Steve Earle. This is an album from 1986, which honestly surprised me after I started listening to it, because I, I was sure that this style of, like, country rock and roll kind of thing had to have been from earlier. Yeah, I mean, country is kind of a timeless genre that kind of... Yeah. Like, it'll change over time, I feel, but it'll always have the same, like, foundation. Because this definitely has the same core sound as, like, 70s country western kind of stuff. But there are little instrumentation flares that, as I listened to it more and more, felt super, super 80s, too. Yeah, I was gonna say, the production on this thing is just so, so 80s. Like, it, <laughs> it's very lush at some point parts like the production makes it very big and open and yeah. also the drums are pretty consistently like just fucking soaked in reverb like a fucking Def Leppard <laughs> album and <laughs> yes totally there's even like some there's some synths like later on in one of the tracks yeah that was weird yeah like this is some 80s ass 80s shit right here um, disguised <laughs> under the look of an old school country album, which is really interesting, I feel. Yeah, because Steve Earle is basically an ascended country fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> he dropped out of school when he was 16 to move to Nashville and just, like, hang around all of the country artists that were there. Which is pretty cool. You can just do that. That is a ballsy move for a kid to take, honestly. Yeah. Shab his guitar over his back and just hit the road and there's reference to that in the lyrics of one of the later songs which is cool i i like that this album gets a little bit autobiographical but in not just in in sort of of a genericized accessible kind of way the songs are really about his life you get songs about being a rock and roll artist on the road mm -hmm. and one that is very specifically about his transition from being someone who 
lived in the city to someone who went out and like pursued country music as a career. Yeah, I do like the 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 songwriting content on this album is is fairly diverse enough, I guess, but nothing about it really stood out to me. I feel like okay, there was good words and I don't know, I I can't really this is the thing with this kind of country music it's like i feel like i've heard these songs before for the most part right yeah 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 <laughs> i mean it, it is a lot of they're similar to each other and they're similar to how country music is kind of supposed to sound yeah but i mean i'm not really knocking it on that note i'm just yeah, saying like yeah. it, it just was a little bit challenging for me to remember what some of these songs were about <laughs> yeah yeah i get that but they are good i, I did like this album and i like the sounds more more so i ended up liking this album a lot more than i was expecting to because i'm not the the country song that really makes me enjoy it is a rare beast yeah let me put it that way i have a few because for, for me i have one country album that's 12 golden country greats by ween which is not a country <laughs> band but they did a country album and it fucking rules <laughs> nice. um I, I got way into that so i'm like i could listen to country like that's a thing that i could get into and and this i think did it for me like i didn't get like super into it or anything but i did like it i think i'm of the same mind we get into the track by track here with the first track guitar town the titular municipality of stringed instruments <laughs> So the track Guitar Town has a really nice backing organ track that I liked. Oh yeah, the organ's great on this one. Like that was the first thing that stood out to me about this album. I was like, ooh, organ. <laughs> and then of course the guitar. It's yeah. like, oh god, I've heard this so much. <laughs> but but it was it, it was pretty unique actually. The way the phrasing works in this song, so it'll go like it's in four four time, of course, like most you know contemporary popular music yeah, is. Yeah. But there's like it, they would throw in a measure of two every now and then like it would go like one two three four one two three four one two one two three four you know yeah the guitar yeah. would do the down 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 and uh right right that that was cool just i like odd phrasing bits like that it's really cool and and it just made this song seem so just strange in an intangible way until i figured out what was going on <laughs> and lyrically do you have anything to say about this song the lyrics here are earthy without being whiny because i feel like a, a bad country song can end up being whiny yeah this this wasn't at all and it's also not really like hey this is the best thing in the world wouldn't don't you wish that you were me it's just sort of yep i'm here hmm. i dig it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it, it's like you know sure uh this is also where we get some of the the you know life on the road stuff from him and yeah. uh yeah, that's it's fun it it sets up a really sort of blue sky setting of him traveling on the road and living this sort of vagabond country singer lifestyle which is is nice because it, it gives you a good sort of setting to for the rest of the album to go and get into some more heartfelt emotions some more complex emotions about living this way so i think it's a pretty solid opener of a track that way yeah i, I can get behind that it's pretty cool cool yeah i mean other than that it's really simple so like... yeah it, it's it's like it's a country song i'm like what else is there 
Yeah, but we can just move much. on. Second track is called Goodbye's All We Got Left. All, all We've Got Left. This song is, I'd say, pretty sincere. This song this song feels a lot more 80s to me. This is where it gets, like, a little bit poppier and a little bit more of the times in terms of, like, instrumentation and just the music that's being played. Like, it's not... It, this is This is an 80s country album, and there are songs that veer one way or the other on that axis. Yeah, this this one leans a, a lot more into the '80s for me. Yeah, this this one is is very much a country rock tune, I think, because there mm-hmm. there's some considerable amount of country rock here. I feel. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's very poppy with its melodies, and yeah, it's hard to talk about. Which is kind of cool because it's it's a the lyrical content is about not talking about things. Mm, yeah, you're right. It's it's about putting it off for as long as you can. Because he knows, from the beginning of this song, he knows that this relationship is ending. But he doesn't want to talk about that. He just wants to leave. And then he'll deal with with the consequences and the fallout of the leaving, you know, when he gets around to it. That's no fun. (laughs) Yeah. That's no fun. Nobody wants that part of a breakup. They just want to stop hurting. And and, and that's exactly why I was putting off talking about that aspect of the song. Because I was doing a clever, clever little thing. (laughs) <laughs> i did that on purpose nice nice, nice setup yeah well right done. if we can talk about the next track if if you will hillbilly highway oh this one's this one's fun this one's really bouncy and twangy as hell yeah this is a twanging ass fucking country song this is the first one i think that has like that country slide guitar going on yeah yeah i i really like how the, this song it, it just starts with like guitar and bass and the drums and yeah then like a piano chimes in that was really nice and mm-hmm. the the slide guitar also like i don't know just compositionally this track is just well made it's it's pretty subtle i'd say especially compared to the previous track which was not subtle <laughs> that's yeah that's right this song lyrically is th- this is really like the autobiographical song in this one because it's i mean i i don't know everything about steve earl's life but the last verse checks out with everything that i do know about him <laughs> which is he just fucking bailed and his parents got mad because he left school to go pursue the lifestyle of a country singer in the 1980s <laughs> which is like all right yeah i mean if i, I guess what a time <laughs> it, it's weirdly self-deprecating because he's talking about the ways that his his family got out of what for a lot of people feel like dead-end circumstances and then how he went and made that risk to go back into the 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 not as sure or not as stable or not as like foundational kind of lifestyle and all through this entire time he's calling it the fucking hillbilly highway <laughs> like oh, yeah. when his dad's doing the smart thing and going to school when he's doing the country thing no matter what's happening it, he calls it the same road which is like huh that's kind of weird and also i i really like the little guitar break i, I wouldn't it's not a solo, I'd say, but there's like a little like yeah, you know. Yeah, that, that was nice. That was fun. Yeah, I do love that. And it, and it leads in with that like you know, that was cool. Yeah, it's super super bouncy and super twangy. And just, it's it's a lot of fun. Honestly, yeah. there's a lot of fun to be had on this album and some sad stuff. Yeah, speaking of sad stuff, good old boy is. This is the coolest song on the album to me, just because it kind of couldn't have been written any other time. 
because this yeah. is like this is Reagan era eighties blues. What the fuck is that? <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, um, I did. I really like the lyrics on this one actually, because there's the line, uh, "Getting tough, just my luck. I was born in the land of plenty, now there ain't enough." Yeah. And then, oh my, like that's a that's a super like take a good goddamn look at yourself america line yeah and then he's like nowadays it just don't pay to be a good old boy you know you expect country western to be like not necessarily nationalistic but there's some unspoken element of patriotism in there yeah and sometimes very spoken element of patriotism <laughs> so like to have this just kind of quietly be hey guys maybe this kind of sucks sometimes do 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 it was like Hey, good on you, Steve Earle. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting how that he doesn't like kind of. We you mentioned before we started that Steve Earle is a leftist. Oh yeah, which is totally. interesting for a, a country artist. Like that seems proportionally much rarer than right wing country artists. At the very least, they sort of keep it under wraps. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> when you think of country, you think of you know like God bless America, you know fucking Toby Keith. Toby Keith and the the guns, God, and beer crowd. Yeah, you you generally think of that when you think country, but Steve Earle is not that. He's more of a you know like Willie Nelson type of yeah kind of Woody Woody Guthrie too. Yeah, kind of a more conscious, uh, progressive kind of person, which is cool. Right, invested in the idea of what America could be, not just what it is, and the idealized version. You know, like blind patriotism and whatnot. He's not about that life. <laughs> Which is cool. I really appreciate that. Yeah, me too. And good old boy does a really good job of sort of tackling the realities of living in America in the 80s. Yeah. Also, just musically, this fucking sounds like it could be like a bad company song. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's got like the main riff. It's like... And it's like... Right. That's fucking... That's just a classic rock. Like, <laughs> this literally sounds like... <laughs> Like a stadium rock song, and it's got like the heavy reverby drums that are like boom, chop, boom, you know, like yeah, yeah, and so big, like all that combined with his voice. I I said this to you before the show, like I disparagingly said the first time that I listened to this album. You know, if I wanted to listen to John Mellencamp, I'd just do that. <laughs> and this is the song where that like really came together. It's like no, no, really, guys, I would like. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's it's just really similar, I guess, stylistically in some ways. But, they, I mean, he, he stands on his own, and I did come to really enjoy his stuff. But just, That's like, as, as trying to get trying to get my foothold on this, th this felt a lot, you know, Pink Houses kind of, in a way. Yeah. And then, and then so, I mean, there are other Mellicamp songs that are a lot bigger than that, but also, like... <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 Pink Houses, you know, the first song you think of when you think of John Cougar Mellencamp. It's true. <laughs> That is factual. <laughs> Next up is another blues song entitled My Old Friend the Blues. And this one is, is a lot more straightforward blues. Yeah, I mean, musically, it's not all that bluesy. It's still pretty much country. Um, but it's sad. And it's, it's blues-influenced, I'd say. Uh, I guess it's pretty bluesy. But <laughs> just to contradict myself here. Well, no, I think you're right, because it's also got, like, the most singing steel guitars on this one. That, yeah. They like, got, like, they're the there in... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, 
they're there on most of the tracks, but like this this is where they really showed up in full force for me. So the song starts with just the guitar and the slide guitar, and then in like the cor- in like the second chorus, I think, or like later on in the song anyway, the drums and bass kick in. And it's really awesome when that happens, actually. It's really satisfying, because it suddenly the song gets much bigger and, and more grand. Because it starts out very simple with just the guitar and the slide guitar. So when the song fills out, it gives you this feeling of a a, a crescendo, if you will. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really build up to it, but I mean, it, it, it does, but not sonically, you know? I thought it was very good. I wasn't expecting to hear that either, and it was a nice surprise. So the next track is called Someday, which is the title of a shitload of songs, probably. But <laughs> <laughs> this is the small town angst song of uh, that's got to be on a lot of country albums, I think. Oh uh, yeah, I'd say so. But you know, when I think of a small town song, country song, I I kind of imagine most of them would like romanticize the small town life, considering how a lot of their target audience lives in small towns and probably likes it that there, is but, true but at the same time i'm thinking like actually wait no one likes living in small towns <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this does make sense <laughs> god yeah yeah this song is just about being fucking bored in a shit little town that no one lives in Everyone else is like moved out and and left, and you're just sitting there doing nothing. And people come through, but it's never for you, you know. Like they yeah. they just pass through, and they're like, "Hey, you there, accessory human? Tell me where the big city is." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I actually really love the chorus on this one. It feels like it'd be real fucking fun to shout. Yeah, definitely. This one's got some real reverby '80s production, and that chorus is just. Like, it, it sounds like it could be, like, an actual, like, 80s pop song. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but at the same time, it has the country twang. So it's still it's still doing the country thing. But it's definitely, like, ex- like this, to me, felt like one of the more accessible songs for, yeah. for, like, a lot of different reasons. It sounds like a hit. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like the interplay between the two guitar parts in the outro. I guess mm, three, because yeah. there's, like, two guitars playing and this slide guitar. Yeah, I, I, this is probably one of my favorites off the album. I think it's probably my favorite, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a, there's not a whole lot of change between the highest point and the lowest point on this album, which makes it a little bit weird to review. Like, there's no song on this that I, I really sit there and go, oh, jeez, why'd this one make the cut? And there's no one that I'm like, <laughs> I gotta put this on four times in a row. It's like, they're, they're all pretty good. So the, the prettiest good one of them is probably Someday, but... There's none of them that really stands out as, like, the worst, so what am I measuring against? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good thing, though. It's it's consistent, at the very least. Yeah. And our next track is one of the more different... differenter... <laughs> well, yeah, no, you're right. One of the more differenter tracks on the album. Uh, it's called <laughs> Think It Over, and it's, uh, it's, it's more of a much more traditional-sounding country, kind of honky-tonk. You know, like boom, 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 you know that kind of thing. It's a lot more country western, and I think he almost like affects a heavier southern accent for this one. Yeah, I think he's doing like, that. I, I I wasn't sure if it was just me, but he definitely sounded a lot more hick on this one, which was funny. <laughs> I'm sure that was on purpose. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it fits stylistically, so. It, it's a little bit jarring in this song when the slide guitar kicks in. For most of it, it is just guitar, bass, and drums. And then just suddenly in the middle of the chorus, it's like, and it, it just sounds like it came from somewhere else. And it's like so weird. Like, I don't know if I like that, but maybe it's supposed to stand out as weird, but I don't know. But it, it just, it felt so weird. And I don't know, I guess that made me remember it. So <laughs> maybe that's a good thing. Did something woke you up at least. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like country not really being one of my areas of knowledge, like it's it's hard for me to distinguish some of these songs from each other. <laughs> Even though they are different songs, it's not like they all sound the same. It's just, it doesn't ingrain itself into my mind as well. And they they do sort of blend together. They've got similar levels of pretty much everything. Like, the the amount of each instrument is about the same. The formatting of the songs are pretty similar. They've got different, you know, notes and different lyrics and different styles. There's a variation on style. But, like, it's pretty straightforward, this entire album. Yeah, and that's fine. It's just, it's not blowing my mind or anything. It's tough to review, honestly. Yeah. This this album is solid, is like the best thing I can say for it. Yeah. Which is a great, great thing. Like, it's a good, good-ass album. It is very much a solid block of just good country music, and there's not really any, like, <laughs> huge ideas or crazy awesome things in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next up, we've got Fearless Heart. Which is an outgoing kind of rocking love song, which is cool. Uh, except that it's really, really funny now knowing the marriage history of Steve Earle. <laughs> because the man has been married seven times, twice to the same woman. Oh my god. So this song that's a lot about finding someone who has the, the same sort of fearless heart as him who's willing to just jump into this thing and give it a try is really funny when you know that he's done that seven times now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little goof. <laughs> it's a good-ass love song, though. Like, this is a, oh, this yeah. is really nice. So, like, this, this song just instantly just starts out with just a blast of just heavy drums, like, boom, 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 And, like... It just yeah. fucking it's so eighties and the bass is doing the bum 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 you know, like it it, it sounds incredibly eighties this song and, and and after the chorus there's this guitar break and like the tone of the guitar has like so much delay and reverb that it, it literally sounds like it came off of the, the Cindy Lauper album that we reviewed. Yeah, oh my god, I loved that, because I, I didn't even recognize it as a guitar, I thought it was a synth. Oh yeah, like... no, that's just a guitar with a bunch of stuff on it. <laughs> oh god, the 80s were so cool. <laughs> that's great. Like, you can just do that. <laughs> that's why I love uh, Randy Newman's first album of the 80s, The Land of Dreams. It's, it's very similar to that, because it's very much Randy Newman songs, but uh, with, like... 80s ass production and synths and heavy drums and guitar and stuff it's like wow <laughs> that's what this kind of made me think of i i like this song a lot it's got three verses that are all about the same shape and they work pretty well and they feel sincere i think that's that's one of the better things about his lyrics here they're not you know super stellar but all of the lyrics on this album feel like they're coming from the heart they're plain language they're earthy language they're the kind of stuff that he'd be saying if he wasn't writing a song. Yeah. And I think that helps a lot. Yeah, I definitely got that feeling too. In the last verse, he says, I admit I fall in love a lot. 
but I nearly always give it my best shot. <laughs> God, okay. I love that. I love that so much. Because that gives me the idea that in all seven of his marriages, he loved the other person with all of his heart. Like, he was all in on all of those marriages. And yeah, just... yeah. And it's... <laughs> the the problem is that he then goes all in on someone who is probably not married to in some way and that like i can see that being a problem for this man yeah he just has he just has too much love <laughs> that's steve earl's problem <laughs> just too much love speaking of too much love little rock and roller is the next song and it is fucking adorable yeah this one is really good it's like it's so cute yeah the the narrative of this song is he's out on the road you know touring 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 <laughs> in this <laughs> rock and roll lifestyle and he hasn't been home in such a long time he he calls and he calls home and his son answers the phone and he he didn't even realize that he was old enough to do that <laughs> and, yeah uh, and it's Oh my god, Steve Earle sounds like he's about to cry through this entire song, and I cannot blame him! Yeah, this is kind of a cats in the cradle situation here. Yeah, god. That's what it reminded me of. And it, and this, the whole song is his conversation with his son over the phone. And Oh man, it's good. He tells them how they got the big trucks out here, because oh little, guys, little guys love trucks. Oh, he loves it. Uh, and then he, he's got his picture in his wallet, and he looks at it sometimes when he's sad and <laughs> sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, and this song also has just huge, ridiculous '80s drums. That <laughs> God, yeah, this song is so big for being like a a lullaby. Yeah, it, it's really cheesy. <laughs> It is. Oh my god, it totally is. This is the one where the synth comes in near the end, just elevates it that much more into cheese territory, but oh, it's great. <laughs> but it's it's so, you can tell that he really cares, and you can tell that this is, like, this isn't the kind of song that you write for a quick buck, you know? <laughs> like, this is, this is a real-ass fucking... I love my kids song, and that's nice. Yeah, I love this one. <laughs> I guess, I, guess I, I said that none of these songs really stood out, but this one kind of did. <laughs> yeah yeah it kind of does it does so the next track the final track on this album is called down the road it starts with just steve earl singing acapella you know he's like on the blue side of evening you know that, that yeah thing. yeah and i don't know i feel like his voice isn't really strong enough to carry that kind of thing but it's fine because it's very brief it's just a stylistic Yeah, I think choice, you're I right. Um, after that, it does kick in with some nice instrumentation, and there's actually mandolin on this one, which is really cool. Playing along with the guitar, it's a nice little Because he actually plays mandolin, uh, which I didn't realize until after listening to it once through. He's multi-instrumentalist, and that's that's really cool. Yeah, and this song has a really nice... Uh, the, the That guitar in mandolin intro has this, a really nice melody that I liked. and This whole thing has a nice earthy sound to it compared to the rest of yeah. the very produced and shiny album. <laughs> this is a really sort of soothing outro. This is like, okay, it's it's time to stop goofing off and listening and just like go back and do whatever you're meant to be doing. Yeah. And not in a like go and fucking seek whatever greatness awaits you. It's just like, no, you've got a life to live. Go and live it. And that's yep. that's kind of cool. Keep on looking down the road. Stuff's going to be dark, but, I mean, who else is going to drive this? Go for it. Yeah, actually, I really like these lyrics. This is probably the most 
poetic that he gets. Because the rest of the songs are not necessarily conversational, but they're a lot more like, this is how he talks. This last song is really more trying to use the words to get directly at the emotions, which I like. And I, I just really like the the last verse where he says, the, though the miles lay long behind you, you've still got miles to go. And how is love ever going to find you? If it ain't here, it's down the road. You know, I, I like that. That's good. And it's like, this whole album is full of country songs that feel like they're not reveling in exactly where they are. There's a lot of country songs that are like, we're the best. Fuck y'all if you disagree. And this stuff is like, there's always more stuff. There's something like you, th this album feels like it's written by a seeker. Mm, yeah. They call me like, a seeker. I've been searching low and high. Right. That's kind of cool, because this is the kind of country that I can really empathize with. Like, stuff isn't always the best, but you're the only one who can really make a difference in your life. And but that's, you're that's kind the of best. Empowering. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just... That's not... No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I'm the best. Yeah, I was going to say, you're right. I am, in fact, the best. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> can I just say something completely unrelated? That I, I yes. want to stay in the podcast, not to edit out. The the sidebar on Genius, I'm looking at the lyrics on Genius right now as we do. The sidebar has a related video and says related Genius video. And it's Eminem rhyming with orange. Just, uh, I got a question there, their algorithm they use to get related videos for this content mine is mine is pokemon references and hip-hop so i think mine's a little bit closer like a tiny bit Steve like Earl's just guitar town <laughs> <laughs> i question the relatedness but you know what what else are you gonna do <laughs> anyway yeah so right. this album closes with down the road which is a really good choice of a closer because it is just a very down-to-earth kind of song with a nice melody, and it's it's really short and sweet. Just like this album, actually. It's only like 34 minutes long, which is cool. Very breezy. Super together, honestly. Like, yeah. Steve Earle seems like a man who knows what he likes because you don't leave your school at 16 and go to Nashville unless you know what you want out of your life. Yeah, definitely. And that really shows on this debut album because he's all about the sentiments of country music, but with his own voice and his own story attached to it. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, this this, this album, like, even if it wasn't 100% like completely for me, it, it's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. So if you like country music or just you want to see what the fuss is all about this is a this is a good country album i'd say yeah especially if you like sort of singer songwriter into classic rock style yeah like that that's sort of john mellencamp <laughs> yeah yeah i mean mellencamp springsteen stuff like that where where you can appreciate a, an earthy kind of song but with some rock stylings attached to it i think that i think this album fits pretty squarely into that niche and there's also just, if you like 80s sounds and nice production like that, that's that's a thing here, too. Is I've never heard that, you know, technique applied to country <laughs> music, which is really interesting. Yeah, I loved it. Cause it. And it's much better than, like, today's modern country, which all just has the same sound to it, you know? it's all... God, yeah. <laughs> Super polished, overproduced pop, and then guitars are there, is basically modern country. <laughs> yeah, and they all have the same, like, slide guitar line... It's so stupid. <laughs> but this was good. This, this was, was good, real good, yes. So, uh, after the break, if you stay tuned, we'll be reviewing an album that I liked a lot more than this, actually. <laughs> uh, spoiler, but Voodoo by D'Angelo, 
which is great. So stay tuned. Part two of today's episode, we will review Voodoo by D'Angelo. This is a 2000 R&B neo-soul record, although it's also just kind of a celebration of all just American black genres. Uh, You got your R&B and soul, you got your funk, gospel, hip-hop, jazz, and blues. It's, It's got it all. (laughs) <laughs> and it's all real damn good. I fucking, like, just spoiler, just get this right out of the way. I fucking love this album. Uh, <laughs> this is, like, much like uh, when I listened to That's the Way of the World by Earth, Wind, and Fire, this quickly became, like, a favorite, and I'm just way into it. And it really surprised me with how, like, deep and artistic this album is, because, you know, I knew it was, like, an R&B record, and I thought it was going to be real poppy and you know radio friendly which i was down with i thought that would be cool but oh no it is not that. <laughs> no god <It's, laughs> this is it's so a, not radio friendly it's so long and that's fine but these are long ass songs like the shortest one on this is i think four plus minutes still the shortest song on this album is left and right which is just short of five minutes <laughs> yeah there, there are 13 songs on this which doesn't seem like a lot but they are pretty much all around the five to seven minute mark yeah so this so... album itself is an hour <laughs> and 18 minutes long yeah this is and it's not really like a breezy like easy listening thing that you could just turn on and off at a whim like this is like fucking like jazz you know like it's you you turn it on and you're transported to another realm yeah, and you're sucked in, and you got to put aside some fucking time to listen to this thing. Like... <laughs> Absolutely, for being as long as they are, they're also so fucking dense and intricate and complex and really worthwhile, but like draining in some ways. Yeah, there's a lot of. Well, I should introduce introduce D'Angelo, the artist himself. D'Angelo is a Harlem, New York neo soul singer and multi instrumentalist of immense talent um he had one album before this i believe this is his second album yeah he had one album before this called brown sugar and one album after this called black messiah many years later uh in 2014 actually quite recently so his body of work is pretty sparse but i i imagine every album is completely worth it only having three albums but this one is the one that is just so hugely acclaimed and well known the the wikipedia article for this thing is massive it looks like a beatles album when you look at the scroll bar (laughs) (laughs) size of the scroll bar there and i think the success of this is in no small part can be attributable to the collective that he was playing with the solquarians exactly yes multi-instrumentalists and songwriters 
of the Soulquarians Collective are all very talented. That is where uh, the roots come from, and Common and Erica Badu have worked with them and stuff. And Most Def, Talib Kweli, Q-Chip. Yeah, just lots of fucking real-ass artists. And D'Angelo is very much one of them. So this album is is heavily inspired by just... Well, it has a a huge range of influence. And during the recording sessions of this album, they actually recorded a bunch of covers that they never, like, used. They just basically jammed out a bunch of songs to just get in the mood to write these songs, which is awesome. Like, apparently they covered, like, James Brown and Sly Stone and Parliament and Funkadelic and Prince, even uh, Jimi Hendrix and Nigerian Afrobeat artist Fela Kuti, who is fucking amazing. And I was like, wow, that's awesome that they were into him. So the, the aspect of this album that stands out to me the most as being, like, kind of the centerpiece of the album, besides D'Angelo's voice, which is obviously at the forefront because he's an amazing singer, is the bass because the the bass is always the kind of central instrument of all these songs i feel interplaying with the drums of course played by the roots's quest love so d'angelo wrote all the bass lines for this album he composed them and welsh bassist pino paladino who i'd never heard of but he's really good played them charlie hunter played on some of the tracks who was a bass bassist and guitarist we'll get to him when we get to the tracks that he played on but Otherwise, the bass is just, like, so, so funky and groovy and just stanky, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Like, oh, it is disgusting and delicious at the same time. This album, it's it's very, it'll put you in a trance and get you really going on it. So let's get into the track by track here because there's a lot of things. (laughs) So the first track here is Playa Playa. And right off the bat, we gotta fucking address what this song was originally intended for mm-hmm. Everybody because get this up. it's time to this song up. was originally written for space jam yeah <laughs> which d'angelo had contributed a song to the space jam soundtrack um i found my smile again which is a great song and they, they i guess this was one of the other songs they wrote that didn't make the cut but i i really wish it did because this would be <laughs> awesome to hear in space jam <laughs> And it's hilarious because once you know that this was originally intended for Space Jam, suddenly something clicks and you're like, oh, this song is about basketball. Yeah, it's straight like, up. Like, this entire song <laughs> is about basketball. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so pretty blatantly. And the lyrics here also make a reference to Parliament when he says, we go and turn this mother out. That's a reference to We Want the Funk, Tear the Roof Off the Sucker by Parliament, which is a great song. I, I, always, I always love it whenever I hear a reference like that. Especially yeah. in something like this that's so blatantly celebratory of that style of music, just funk and soul and everything. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff on this album, lines directly lifted from other songs. There's one later, and I'm not sure exactly which one it is, that just is mostly lines lifted from other existing songs, which is pretty wild. Right, uh, Untitled, I believe it, it is. Yep. But this song, so it starts with like a fade-in, and it sounds like a f- like it's live, but it's like fake live noise yeah, basically yeah, it's, which is... it's studio chatter ish <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's just what it is and they're kind of just like getting together and like starting to play just kind of organically like you hear what happens before they start recording basically and like they, they kind of just someone starts playing and then someone starts playing along with them and then 
they all kind of lock together and start grooving and it's awesome and and there's these yeah, like funky yeah. ass horns that yeah are so good <laughs> i mean you know i'm all about the horns but these were like really lovely and and a little bit subdued in some ways like they they definitely weren't overpowering but they were there and great the, the horns were very reminiscent of classic funk you know very like curtis mayfield or isaac hayes sounding horns and this song is just so laid back like much of the album like you you hear it immediately here on the first track how laid back it is like it sounds like you're just they're just hanging out and jamming and d'angelo's vocal is so like far behind the beat like he's like dragging along and so are the drums the drums on this most of this whole album are like off the beat which is Sounds like it would be bad, but that's actually just how you play laid back, slow <laughs> funk. You know, you just kind yeah. of drag behind the beat a little bit to make it sound really cool and laid back. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you you gotta kind of just hear it to figure it out. But yeah, and it's not inconsistent, which is you know that's that's different. That's just playing. I mean, you you can also do that. I assume there's a way that you can do that, like jazz styling. But oh yeah, but no, Qu- uh, Questlove from the Roots who played the drums on this album, he very very deliberately made it and designed it this way and in fact a lot of the drums are electronic and not actually played live Uh, well some of them are played live but even the electronic drums he meticulously made it so they sounded sloppy and offbeat which is awesome that he pulled that off (laughs) because everything sounds like a human is playing it you don't even know when it's not (laughs) basically so the next track is called devil's pie this one's a lot simpler i think it's it's not so much like a funky jazzy jam as much as it is kind of a hip-hop song but without any rapping on it which is partly because this song was produced by dj premier who is a very famous hip-hop producer he produced for biggie he produced for nas krs1 big daddy kane just a lot of classics he made and (laughs) listening to this song i was like for the first time i was like waiting for the rap to come in yeah (laughs) yeah because i didn't know if there was going to be rap on this album until i I mean i saw that one of the tracks features red man and method man but i didn't know how much hip-hop was going to be on this album which it turned out to be a fair a fair little amount that i didn't know if like d'angelo rapped at all but as it turns out he is pretty much just a singer he raps a tiny bit it's a lot more like just regular spoken word poetry it's not a whole lot of, of like rapping and trying to be intricate with the rhythm and then on this track devil's pie i was really this is where i was expecting to hear d'angelo start rapping because i saw there was no featured artist on this but no he just sings on it which is fine it kind of disappointed me at first but when i once i knew that there was no rap on it i was like okay yeah this is groovy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah. pretty dope yeah it it's super groovy like from the very beginning of this the bass just sets in and i'm like i'm i'm carried away now this is perfect yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the lyrics on this one are pretty good it's basically about the the excess you know just excessiveness of hip-hop culture and just the materialism and everything yeah uh there's a really good line in the second verse where he's listing off the ingredients to devil's pie and they are all different slang terms for money that actually sound like like viable oh yeah bread and dough cheddar cheese and then flash and stash cash and cream so like it it veers away from it but like the start of that with like the food metaphor into the like overt money stuff i was like that's so clean that's so good yeah like that fucking worked cream is i I mean it might be a wu-tang reference 
being cash rules everything around me. Oh yeah. Because Wu Tang often references money by just calling it cream. So I mean, it might be. I don't know if that was just a thing or not, but <laughs> could be. Could be. Yeah. I I wouldn't put it past him because especially since you've got Method and Red Man on this album, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> the men of Red and Method, but yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we could just talk about the next track, Left and Right, which yes, is please. very much a hip hop song. Um, this is kind of the party track of the album. This is very much just a party cut. The lyrics are nothing yeah. really that deep, um, especially in the rap parts, but. <laughs> I love it because, like, D'Angelo is in the middle of trying to seduce this woman, and then these clowns <laughs> pop out of nowhere and just start going in on how hard they are. And it's yeah. like, you guys, I for love... a second, please. <laughs> uh, the verses are really good, too. And God, what's, yeah. What's interesting is a, apparently Q-Tip was originally supposed to rap on this one and they just didn't like it yeah they weren't really feeling his verse which is fine um because <laughs> i could see q-tip not really being a good fit for this track but red man and method man who are more kind of party rappers kind of fit a lot better and i love i love when red man says uh the line in 83 i was that scrub tlc was talking about now i oh rock the house my talk god <laughs> So awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God, I love these clowns. Because I, I say that, and it's not because they're bad. It's not because they're stupid. Oh, but no. they are, they're they're going ham it's, on this it's party track. Rap. Exactly. And, like, it's such in stark contrast to who D'Angelo is and how he <laughs> presents himself on every single track here. Because he's a lot more introspective and, like, together and, you know, doing that seduction thing pretty much throughout. But, yeah. like, these guys just show up, and they are loving life right now. <laughs> yeah, and um, definitely, like, this is just a good rap track. Like, just, if you even just disregard everything else, if you, like, rap, like, listen to this track and see if that gets you into D'Angelo as a whole. Because, like, yeah, th this was the first one that really stuck out to me because I'm more into rap than I am into soul and R&B. Oh yeah, and and the beat on this thing is awesome too. There's like some sweet fucking guitar chords going on that sounds straight out of like a Dr. Dre beat, which is interesting. I'm surprised that DJ Premier didn't do this one, the the rap track of the album, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and and uh, even after the rap ends, D'Angelo's singing here is really great too. I mean, it, it definitely is less memorable memorable to me than the rap, but the fact that I enjoyed it so much is impressive because generally when there's singing in the rap song, I'm like, okay, when's the singing gonna end and get back to the rap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely don't feel that with this one because he's he's in charge of this track actually. Yeah, he he really nails it here, and and it's long too. Like I thought he was just gonna like sing the chorus like you do when you sing in a rap song but he actually sings like a whole verse of it and man is it good so the the next track is called the line and this one is a lot more introspective and it, it starts with like some real kind of improv -y vocalizations from d'angelo that are all layered on top of each other like there's multiple improv vocalization lines layered on top of each other and that's a really cool sound and yeah, and I love the the bass here. It's kind of like that wobbly, like underwater sounding bass. You know, like mm -hmm. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's awesome. <laughs> really, that that p funk sound, and and this one is the 
the the first one I feel that has like really really good lyrics. I mean, Devil's Spy had good lyrics, but this one is about like standing up and like facing adversity and sticking to the sticking to your guns, like he says. It's just a real like 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 you could do it song, you know? Like this is the one that started me trying to I mean, there's a lot in this album, but the way that I kind of interpreted it by the end is it's got a lot of tracks that are meditative in a sense. Like this is a this is the kind of track that it's meant to work through some emotions that he's got. Yeah. And this one is also a lot about sort of putting yourself into your work and making it personal, putting yourself out there and getting it done. And that, to me, feels like the kind of, like, this is the kind of sentiment that he'd have to work through in order to make this kind of album, Mm. which it's really impressive that it's all right here on the track. Yeah, I feel that. I like when he says, uh, like, I got a bullet in the chamber and I'm not afraid of danger, you know? It's a nice little couplet. Yeah, there are a lot lot of just really good lines in here. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame that they're kind of hard to interpret sometimes just because of all the vocal layering. Yeah, and um, D'Angelo's really working his his falsetto here, which is awesome. He's got a great yeah. falsetto that he actually uses mostly in this album, and uh, it sounds so so good. <laughs> like he is, he's so smooth. And so the next track is called "Send It On," and this was my first favorite track on the album. I think I I think it, it's my favorite overall. It is uh, just about six minutes long, but to be honest, I wish it was like. 15 minutes because <laughs> uh, i found myself putting this one on repeat a couple of times and wow yeah nice. like so this one is very soul kind of gospel-ish very marvin gay influenced i felt yeah i can get that it's just really really sincere and just has great melodies the instrumental is so old school and just ah oh. I, I i i think i cried listening to this song at some point wow damn. yeah yeah, this is it it's super sweet and super smooth and just extremely heartfelt. There's nothing on this album that isn't sincere in one way or another, but like this one is really really like gets you. Yeah. And this was apparently the first song they recorded for the album too, which is interesting. And I I love 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 when the 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 tension really builds up before the chorus and it you know the the horns are going like and the you know cymbals are going and you know, they build up a bunch of tension in crescendo and then drop into yep. the chorus and it goes back to the, you know, the, you know, the, the simple kind of beat and just, wow. <laughs> and yeah. it's got a great yeah. bridge where the beat completely changed, the melody changes and it goes like, hold on, be strong. Man, that feels really good. Oh, and the, the last thing I had about this track. This is probably my favorite moment is when like the music like stops after a beat. It, it just like stops for like two beats and then picks back up again. And fucking love it when they do that. <laughs> that's just the good shit. So the next song. <laughs> it, yeah. so the, the next song. I guess I've gushed enough about Send It On that I should send it on to the next track. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. The next one is Chicken Grease. Mm-hmm. And this is named after a phrase that Prince used yes. to describe a, a particular guitar maneuver. It was like a, a minor ninth chord and then some 16th notes over it. I think it's it's playing the minor ninth chord as 16th. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I would have to hear yeah, it, yeah. but I think they might 
use that in the song, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it gets applied during the hook. But basically, the the this was a description, or this was a, a term that Prince used for this maneuver, which was basically something that could just make a crowd lose its goddamn mind. <laughs> like, they just explode after hearing this. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> Likewise, this is a very funky, funky song. Yeah, this is one of the most just, like, straight, just funk songs, and it's actually pretty stripped down and simple and it has like a live feeling to it like there's people like just laughing and talking in the background of it which i imagine is just people actually just hanging out in the studio while they recorded it d'angelo here does like kind of a rap ish kind of singing thing this is the closest he probably gets to rapping but it's such a sick groove and d'angelo's rapping like works it's not the best vocal styling on the album because it's not really his strength but i mean like it's d'angelo he's gonna make it work (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah basically the song is just about getting down and having a good time which is awesome and i I, my favorite part is when he's like doing like a call and response where he's like i know you love because i'm funky because i and they're like i know you love because i'm funky because i (laughs) (laughs) it's like a very parliament and of course the bass this song has just a great bass line because it's gotta (laughs) yeah yeah so then the next track is called one more again which means one more again (laughs) if you're not sure (laughs) if you're not versed in uh southern drive but uh this one's more of a mid mid mid-tempo ballad and it's got really sweet soft like organ bits that are really nice and it's just a really smooth bass line and great chord progressions in the chorus too and uh this song is kind of just a really nice and 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 the the lyrics are just kind of reminiscing about uh, uh, an ex-lover, you know, the one that got away, which is really interesting. It's pretty sad. It's a cool sentiment, and it's expressed really, like... The the story that it tells here is is pretty specific because it's also like, hey, we're both in relationships now, but I still miss the one that we had together. It's like, oh, dude, that's heavy. (laughs) And I feel like he's not, like, even presenting it as, like, this super sad thing either like he's kind of just like reminiscing i feel and meditating on it yeah yeah i feel like that's really interesting because he's not like whining no that's true it's just like you know if i had this opportunity i'd love to take it but it's not here yeah exactly eh, we both have lives yep but yeah this is a great song and it's definitely another standout after send it on being my favorite interestingly the 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 song has like a separate outro to it i mean it's on the same track but it's like a completely different groove they bust into there's just like this quick like jazzy kind of funky jam it feels like a between track things because yeah. a lot of these tracks do sort of run into each other not not run into each yeah. other but they well, yeah got, they have smooth you know, transitions right this one like has its own little between track breakdown before smoothly transitioning into the next one which is weird yeah but it's cool it's kind of fun yeah it, i mean the breakdown was also really good yes uh so then we got Track eight, The Root, which is a real slow, real funky jam. And and this is the first of three tracks that Questlove refers to as the, the, the virtuoso songs on the album, where it's kind of the instrumentalists showing off what they can do and just kind of giving it their all. And uh, of course, D'Angelo is still at the forefront of these songs, but th- you could definitely feel more of a focus on instrumental capacity and on these three tracks which are the root spanish joint and great day in the morning charlie hunter plays the bass instead of pino paladino and he actually plays an eight string bass guitar hybrid holy crap um and these songs are recorded 
live in studio without overdubbing. So he is actually playing the bass and the guitar at the same time. <laughs> oh my god, I did not realize that. Yeah. Holy crap. He had some like crazy custom equipment. Like this eight-stringed bass slash guitar had uh, two output jacks, and it was actually hooked up to a bass amp and a guitar amp so that they could mix each part separately. And um, That's disgusting. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like... Oh my god. Like every string had its own pickup. Like there was pickups for the the bass part and the guitar part and they they led out to separate outputs. <laughs> Which is crazy awesome. Wow. And he just played both and you wouldn't know. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And on this song the root even uh some of the guitar parts I I'm not sure if it's like a, a pedal effect that he's using or if the tracks actually reversed at some parts. It sounds like it's being played backwards, but I feel like it might be an actual live effect that they used. I hope it is, because that's awesome. And the, lyrically, this song is pretty much a, a heartbreak song, I think. Yeah, it's sort of about like an unwilling kind of love, or at least it was unwilling in retrospect. Mm. It's pretty cool, and I, I like that the end kind of uses the lyrics... It, it gives a repetition part so that the instrumentalist can go ham, basically. Yeah. But it doesn't phone that in. The, the part that's repeated is, In the name of love and war took my shield and sword from the pit of the bottom that knows no floor, like the rain to the dirt, from the vine to the wine, from the alpha to creation to the end of time. Oh my god, yeah. Like, <laughs> wow! That's fucking poetic. That's not, like, that's not phoned in at all! <laughs> like, you could have totally done that. That is a poem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly! That's not a... Like, that's a, co- that's a complete work. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Jesus. Wow. And, and, and that's what they use, because basically they let D'Angelo kind of work his own instrumentality there. Yeah. He's not he's not playing around as much because he's letting the, the other instrumentalists do their thing, but he's not the kind of guy that can just sort of take the back seat and not have, like, a melody. Yeah. Because you could have a tiny phrase that's repeated over and over and over again while you do all this instrumental stuff, or even just have him drop out. But that's really not who D'Angelo is. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, he's he's part of this, like... He wrote all the songs, or at least co-wrote. There, there is help on a lot of them from either Questlove or you know some of his other musicians he worked with. Well, I, I mean, he wrote all the songs except for the cover, which we'll get to right, in a couple yeah. of tracks here. But yeah, like he, he is a multi instrumentalist too. Like he wrote the instrument parts even for some of them. And I think he also does. Um, he plays the electric piano on almost all of them. Whenever that. Yeah, goes. yeah. And he also is sometimes credited with all other instruments. <laughs> <laughs> which is like uh, like oh, it'll list okay. like the five like members of the band who are playing on the track and then all other instruments d'angelo <laughs> he just played yeah, everything which else which is pretty wild if you hear something else it was him it's just a kick-ass artist so much talent next up we have spanish joint and this musically was probably one of my favorites uh because it's got these really this really cool latin beat and bass that starts up and it's just got a different kind of energy from the rest of the album that stood it out. definitely does yeah it, it has a very salsa influenced very latin jam flavor like a, a dancey sort of thing to it fucking sick drums like so i i said that the bass is like the the biggest like most standout instrument on this but the drums are so a lot of the times they're subtle they'll just be very subtly kind of driving the track um but on some tracks and sometimes they just kind of go nuts and do some awesome shit i mean not nuts it's still nuanced and subtle but th- this has such a cool beat and it's just awesome <laughs> yeah, I mean, i'm not a drummer so 
it, but <laughs> it's really cool. It, it's hard to describe it without just saying that it, it sounds dope Spanish. It sounds Latin. <laughs> like oh yeah, yeah. It's pre- it's pretty much right there on the cover. <laughs> the title being Spanish joint. Yeah. My only complaints about this track, and like just one of my few complaints on the whole damn album, <laughs> is uh, th- there there's like a lot of stuff going on in this track instrumentally, and when D'Angelo sings over it and has like five or six fucking layers on his vocals it gets a little bit muddy there's just like a little bit yeah. much going on at once like i feel like it doesn't all fit together perfectly i mean it's still sweet this is a great track but this is the one no i agree this is the one time where i think the all the multi-track vocals are a little bit much because it's just it's just so overwhelming yeah i think there are probably other moments on this album where i feel that way but this is definitely the track where it kind of mattered the least to me because i was so invested in what the other instruments were oh, doing yeah, sure. but I, I i think you're definitely right that this is the point where it gets muddied and it's only briefly too like it's specific parts of the track even most of it's fine not fine it's good it's great <laughs> most of it's great and the next track is the the only cover on this album the only song that wasn't written by d'angelo and it's feel like making love by bad company no i'm just kidding <laughs> it's not bad it like i thought that immediately i was like wow that's a weird thing to cover. and then it started amazing. playing and i'm like this is this is not bad company at all no. but i no, like it, it is by r&b artist <laughs> roberta flack <laughs> This does go, it goes back to slow, slow jams here. This is probably the most simple, just basically composed song on the album because it is a cover and they're very much just kind of doing it justice and playing it straight. Yeah. There's no real like sloppy, improvised kind of jammy stuff here. But there is this awesome like jazzy horn lick that comes in so unexpectedly that's just like mm. I, I don't remember how it goes but <laughs> but it's it's so cool and it just comes out of nowhere and I, I don't know if it was in the original song but i really hope it was and it just comes in and yeah. changes the mood for just a second and it's cool it's super smooth super soulful and i i think i agree that this feels the most simple but only because it's on this album yeah like, this would be kind of the art cover on <laughs> another album but on this one it's like yeah, they're going to take a step back and, and just sort of play this one regular for them. And the vocals here are really kind of really quiet and subtle. And they're still layered. There's still harmonies and stuff going on constantly. There, there's I don't there's very few moments on here where you just hear D'Angelo's like single like one vocal line. Like it's pretty much always harmonized and layered. I, I mean, there's little moments where you hear it, but this one's really quiet and subtle and really nice. Apparently, it was supposed to be a duet with Lauren Hill, which I really wish we wow. got that because that would have been amazing but the thing was that they were sending tapes back and forth because they weren't they were like on opposite sides of the country when they were recording it just wasn't personal enough like it was coming along fine but d'angelo and lauren felt that it was just there, there wasn't enough chemistry because they were it was too impersonal which is a shame i wish she could have just flew out there or something but <laughs> yeah <know. laughs> but yeah this is a this is a real nice track and i mean th- this is obviously like this is some fucking love making ass music. God, yeah. I mean, this whole album really is. Yeah, it really one way is. Or another. Like, it's not all about fucking, and it, it, sometimes it is about fucking, but usually it's not. But like, if this is playing, don't come a knocking. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is very much in the mood type music. This, like, especially this track. That's why I bring it up right now. So on the next track, it's called "Great Day in the Morning." slash booty which is hilarious because the like fucking outcast ass title <laughs> yeah because great day in the morning is all one word yeah <laughs> and just sort of like smashed together 
It's like, okay, Andre, you can sort this shit out. <laughs> it's a weirdly, like, simple, accessible, emotional song to a pretty steady beat and a solid hook. Yeah, this one's another slow, groovy one. The bass really kind of leans back in this one and kind of plays, like, kind of almost like between phrases even. There's like little licks, grooves. Just everything about this track is super laid back and groovy. This is another one where Charlie Hunter plays the bass and the guitar same time God. so awesome which actually makes a lot of sense now when i think about the guitar and the bass because they definitely like kind of uh interplay they kind of uh do a back and forth kind of thing here mm, okay yeah which is cool well that makes sense because it's one man playing it you wouldn't even have known like is the thing <laughs> but yeah this is just kind of a really groovy kind of jam i don't really there's not really much about it but it does have yeah. the last two minutes or so go like totally different and like the beat actually here is like an electronic drum beat like it's clearly sampled from something that's all i i could even say about it it just changes to a different jam yeah <laughs> right because like it, it was weird to me that this was split up by like the part one and part two because i mean it it is a little bit different but it's not like radically different and the lyrics are still about I guess, waking up or being in the morning. Yeah. So, like, I would have accepted this as, like, Great Day in the Morning Part 2. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's called booty, because it's not really... doesn't seem to be talking about booty. Unless it's waking yeah, no, up to really. the booty. <laughs> well, it's getting on in the morning, so, like... Yeah. Great album. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, like, I'm just, like, so overwhelmed with how good this was. <laughs> You're just basking in it. Yeah. <laughs> and the next track is... What many critics have considered the best track on the album, and I thought it was very, very good, although my favorite was Send It On, but this is the most revered track to come from this project, I feel. I mean, there's another side to that. It's not just the track. The music video was also pretty notorious. Yeah. Because it just had like a bunch of shots of D'Angelo's nude body. I'm pretty sure, like, wasn't it? I th lingering shots. I think it was just a single long shot of D'Angelo singing along to the song "Nude." Could be, yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't. I haven't watched yeah. it. Yeah, uh, should probably check that out. But, <laughs> but um, before we get into the music, I just want to make mention that this song and that music video actually kind of fucked D'Angelo up for a while. Yeah, it's really interesting because he he. He felt really uncomfortable with being becoming like a sex symbol, and at his live shows, the women would just like scream, like "Take your clothes off!" Like we want to see your bod, and he got really mad about that because for him, it's about the music, and he was hesitant to do the music video in the first place. And there were days on some of the tour, like the tours after this album, were plagued by all sorts of problems. But one of the big things was that personally, he just had some really, really bad days where he would look at himself in the mirror and say. I don't look like I do in the video. Yeah. And like, damn, that's yeah. that's some heavy stuff. Yeah, and you always kind of think of that kind of problem being a, a problem with women, but it definitely yeah. happens to males as well. Uh, especially, I mean, like, D'Angelo got fucking ripped in order to, like, basically promote this album. <laughs> like, he appears shirtless on the album cover showing off his bod. And, like, that's all the album cover is, basically. It's a picture of him shirtless. And uh, yeah. I'm sure that drove sales a lot. So Yeah. But, yeah, that, that really was a problem for him. Because for a lot of the fans, it became about his body instead of about the music, which he hated. But as for the song, this is a tribute to Prince, God rest his soul. He was alive at the time, of course. This is from 2000. But this is a very... It's a slow 
long kind of meandering ballad and it starts with the piano and bass yeah it starts with just piano and bass and this blazing electric guitar lead and it it's so so soulful and apparently the guitar leads were influenced by Jimi hendrix and eddie hazel of uh funkadelic which is, is so yeah. good and also you you brought up hendrix twice i need to mention that this was recorded at electric ladyland Studios. yes of course yeah like in the house of the king that's kind of an important part yeah <laughs> Yeah, like there's there's a lot of good guitar stuff going on in this track, and the, lyrically, this is the most kind of basic song on the album. Like it's so just, it, it's about love making. It's just about fucking. That's yeah. it. and and he actually he's taking lyrics from existing love songs, basically. Yeah, I mean, it is a lot. It's a lot of cliched stuff, but it's stuff that has been said before in every conceivable way by artists like Prince. Yeah. And it's 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 the idea that the words aren't as important to him as the emotions that are conveyed through them. Yeah. And like it's D'Angelo, so he can convey whatever the fuck he wants <laughs> with his voice. Yeah, I was reading like some critics at the time, they were like kind of disappointed with the lyrical content of this song because it is cliched and kind of hackneyed, but it doesn't yeah. even fucking matter. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like it's D'Angelo, like he's making it yeah, work yeah. so hard. And like with the guitar and the piano and everything like it's it's so so smooth like it, it feels like a prince ballad but like more modern and just it, it is it has a different feel to it too like d'angelo is bringing his own personality to this and his his vocal harmonies are amazing and it, and it builds up for so so long because this thing is like seven minutes long when you get to the chorus it feels so good because it's the the like how does it feel and it's got like eight layers of fucking harmonies on it and it's so beautiful it keeps building and building up and by the end of it he's like he's screaming like prince and it's very much it's very obviously in reference to prince the way he screams because he doesn't scream like that anywhere else on the album yep but the he does it so well yeah yeah then the song abruptly cuts off completely gracelessly it just stops yeah like it sounds like the song just stops the first time that i listened through this album i was like i i went back and like yeah i thought spotify started the song up. up again yeah like i i went back i was like okay 10 seconds before the end watch it watch it what no it just does that what the yeah I, I thought like i accidentally hit the next button or something but but no that yeah. that happens and i like i really really wish it didn't but i just want to know why because that's not a thing that happens in any of the other songs. Yeah, I mean, the other songs transition smoothly. There's nothing on this album that is not deliberate. Yeah. Even, like, the improvisations have a place and are, like, there's built around them. But this is so... It, it's just here and it happens. So I want to know why it's happening. Yeah. It, it's kind of frustrating, to be honest. <laughs> like... Yeah. I'm sure there was a reason for it. Like, it's some, it's gotta be some kind of artistic statement of some kind. I don't know. Like, yeah. maybe, like, like it'll all come to an end someday. Like, like you know, like, I don't know. But, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, I mean, I maybe it's, maybe it's just to draw out that emotion of, like, frustration or finality or something. But, like, I'm not, it, it makes you feel something. I'm not philosophicalies, so I can't really analyze this too too good but <laughs> no one's philosophical let's be real yeah but a uh, great fucking track either way even despite that like i think there were like 
okay, guys, this track is too good. We have to like ruin it somehow. <laughs> we just like it needs this. It just needs to stop. The the other thing is that I can't really imagine an ending to this song. Yeah, like a fade out would be like just as bad, right? <laughs> right. Like I feel like I would be very upset about a fade out. Where I mean, obviously it's jarring, but I think the abrupt stop might actually kind of work because the last few lines are like close the door. Yeah. So like it's 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 an abrupt like boom, here's the line, it's done. So even though it's jarring and frustrating, it might be the best possible thing for this, which kind of makes sense because D'Angelo's in charge of it and that's what he chose. Yeah, I mean, it's like, he's he's the artiste, so... He, he's the boss. <laughs> he, can, he can get away with anything at this point, really. Like, kind not, of, not anything, yeah. but he can get away with doing stuff like this. It's it is frustrating though, but it's fine because the next track, the the final track of the album, is uh, Africa, which this song's fucking beautiful in like a different way from the rest of the album completely. Yeah, because this is another love song, but it's a love song to his son. Yeah, and like in like wanting to be there for him and and be able to make sure that he can feel safe and loved and feel all the joy that D'Angelo has ever felt in his life, and that's oh holy shit. <laughs> God. And and the sound of this song has such a transcendental, like, fucking cosmic beauty to it. Like, I can't even describe it. Cause it it's... Yeah, you, you, I? you listened to this album before I did. You got to it before I did. I started, did, like, right away it... after we recorded yep. last week. <laughs> yep. You described it to me as otherworldly. Yeah. And I definitely got that after this track. <laughs> I mean, I got it throughout... But, like, this was the point where I was like, oh, <laughs> now it's all falling into place. Exactly. So this song, it's, this is more jazzy than the rest of the album, I think. It's it's really sparse. There's not, it's not super dense like the rest of it. It's, it is much lighter and kind of, like, twinkly, you know. It's got the, the organ and the chimes playing twinkly twinkles. And the bass is really warm and just, just really cozy it's also celebrating african heritage because the the song is obviously called africa and they make a couple references to the motherland and the the drums on this thing are uh certainly influenced by traditional african you know tribal rhythms and beats and it's apparently also uh partially like sampled or influenced by a certain prince song it's um i wonder you i wonder you it's just like such a weird yep. <laughs> yeah i know it's prince yeah you can't fucking parse it. Yeah, no, sometimes. it's fine. And you can't you can't spell out the word you. It's got to be just the letter you. So right, otherwise, you're doing it wrong. Nothing else. Nothing compares. But yeah, um, apparently it's in reference to a Prince song, which is cool. Yeah, Questlove actually just kind of stole the beat from that song. Yeah, and there there was a quote on the on the Wikipedia article from Saul Williams, who is another uh, artist. He's a rapper who's friends with D'Angelo, and he said how like he would pay anything to see the look on prince's face the first time he listens to untitled because <laughs> oh, that, wow. that would be so good this track africa wraps up the album so nicely and so tightly and just it's beautiful <laughs> yeah it's it's really heartfelt and it's i feel like how does it feel is i mean it's charged it's obviously sexually charged and i don't think it's one that you can really end the album on it's extremely good but it's got I mean, obviously, with the ending, it, it leaves a lot of stuff sort of hanging, and there there's energy that's unresolved. Any closure, yeah. Yeah, and Africa resolves all of its energy really, really well, and just sort of disperses all of that that you've built up throughout the entire album, and you're just like, 
Okay. All right. Cool. And just throughout the whole album, there is like lots of tension and release on a lot of the tracks. And that is kind of a thing that plays throughout. And I feel like the transition of how does it feel to Africa is kind of the ultimate tension and release because how does it feel doesn't release. It just builds up and then ends. And then Africa is kind of just the, the end, which is awesome. So yeah, this is a fucking great album. (laughs) Yeah, I, I really agree. There's so, so much here. I mean, honestly, if we really gave it our best shot, we could put out a, weekly podcast breaking down each track of this thing and <laughs> yeah. still find new shit to to find oh my god like they're super dense very long but extremely rewarding and there's so much care craft and production put into each and every single one of these tracks yeah any one of these tracks could be the track for another given album but they're all here and they're all by the same artist and that is fucking incredible oh yeah phenomenal but uh this (laughs) yeah so definitely give this album a listen if you like any styles of black music i guess like it's got so much there's yeah there's gonna be something for you if you like funk soul r&b hip-hop it's it's real dang good oh yeah and guitar town by steve earl was pretty good too and give that a listen if you like country or if you want to check it out. Yeah, that's all. a that's a little bit more of a lighter fare. Like if you if you have ever enjoyed a rock and roll song in your life, you can go ahead and try Guitar Town out and see if it's for you. Yeah. <laughs> you it's it's a lighter recommendation. I still would recommend it, but you kind of have to be into it cuz I mean, we're going to review some other country albums on here. There might be something way better. I'm sure there will be. But this one was pretty good. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, check out those albums. Tell us what you think. Or don't. (laughs) (laughs) Whether or not you do, you can find more episodes of this show at opalnebula.com. New episodes will drop Wednesdays. What are we doing next week, 27? Next week, we are reviewing Only Built for Cuban Links by Raekwon, which is a really good one. He's a Wu-Tang member. And Maggot Brain by Funkadelic, which is... Oh, so good. And it's funny. We referenced Funkadelic so many times (laughs) during this episode, so this is a good transition. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, listen to those albums ahead of time if you want to. Tell us what you think of them. And have a gay old time. Bye. Bye.